remember, 122, the senior course, okay? You got me on, but nigga.
Brother Sammy, I'm old. Woo! <laughs> Tell you what. Been a long time since I sang. I don't normally sing in the choir. Praise the Lord. I can done it now. I know why. Amen. Everything. I don't know if you something's not being here, I, I couldn't help it. The way my health is. I'm so, so wakeful for him and his coming. Amen. I think we are going to fly away. That's right. Amen, brother. I'm just so thankful for this church. I know I've been being here. I'm, I'm with y'all on YouTube, but it's not the same. Yep. Amen. I'm thankful for my church, for this church, church family here, the people, the prayers. Amen, bro. And I want to thank God for everything. Because he, he's always, he's on my mind. I know he, I'm on his mind. Yep. Thank you. I want to thank God for saving me and giving me that reassurance that I do have a destination. Amen. Well, I love y'all. Thank you. Amen, brother. Amen. Yes, sir. Glad I got a destination. Amen. It's just over the hilltop. Amen. It's going to be good right there one day. Ain't going to be too long, Brother Mike. We're going to be, hey, look here. That old back ain't going to be like it was. Amen. It's going to be a whole lot better. Amen. Page 116. Those of you that can, please stand. Amen. Page 116. Victory in Jesus. You say, I ain't got no victory. Well, I'll tell you this. The altar's open. Come on. I'll show you where the victory's at. Amen. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning Of His precious blood's atoning then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me and I knew him. And all my love is to Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about His healing, of His cleansing power revealing. How He made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. 
And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory. And I heard about the street of gold beyond the crystal sea. About the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Amen. I'm going to let y'all be seated and ask the men to come on this way. Don't forget, we're get, taking up money for our Bibles. That's what the box is for, for the Durham Rescue Mission. Also, the, um, we're going to go through next Sunday. If you want to order one of the tumblers, the Yeti-style uh, tumblers, church name on it and everything, put your name on the list out there. It's on the uh, table as you exit on the right. Put your name on there, how many you want. They're $16 each. And uh, that way I can go and get that order turned in, get them back. Also, uh, all uh, children's church workers and children's church workers that are uh, helpers and alternates, you have a meeting right after the 11 o'clock service is over. Before we y'all go down to eat, this meeting is going to take place right down front. New curriculum's here, and it needs to be gone over, so it won't take but just a couple of minutes with that. So with that being said, Brother W.A., it's good to have you back. And would you don't mind, sir, would you open uh, would, well, open in prayer? Would you pray for the offering? Praise the heaven, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, Father. Lord, thank you. Yes, Lord. Father, we pray for all the ones that are here. We pray for the people in our church. We pray yes. For Yes. Heavenly Father, we pray for our pastors. He brings your message to us today. And we pray for our offering, Heavenly Father, that just what we can give back yes. to you for all the blessings you bestowed upon us. Heavenly Father, we love you because you first loved us. And yes, Lord. Amen. Amen.
Amen. I hope that weren't somebody's head. I <laughs> right behind Brother Marvin. <laughs> oh, me, I tell you. All righty. Page number 67 at Calvary. Glad Brother Marvin survived that. <laughs> Years I spent of vanity and pride, carry not my Lord was crucified. No, we not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I spurned. Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Now I've given to Jesus everything. Now I gladly own him as my king. Now my rapture soul can only sing of Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the love that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gold that God did spend at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Amen. Well, I'm going to see if uh, Corbin, come on sing one.
while she's singing, go ahead and get your Bibles and turn over to the book of Hosea. Hosea chapter 2 is where we'll be this morning. Hosea chapter 2. pile of fried chicken gizzards with it. There you go. Amen. Mm. Good job. Hosea chapter number two. Y'all there? Amen. 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 All right. We're going to take a look at a, uh, a message that you don't hear, you don't hear preached a whole lot. 
You don't hear stuff preached about God's mercy. But I'm preaching on God's amazing mercy. His amazing mercy. Look in in Isaiah chapter 2 and look at verse number 23. And it says, And I will show her, or sow her, excuse me, unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had obtained, had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, Thou art my people. And they will say that thou art my God. Father, help us, Lord, to look at this, uh, this mercy. Your amazing mercy. In a way, Lord, that only you can reveal it. And Lord, my prayer is, is that the bitterness of society, the indifference that's in society, and Lord, the ill-temperance in society would all be stripped away because of, Lord, all of us at one point and place in our life had to stand and obtain mercy. And it came from you. Some think they have gotten it, but they hadn't got it yet. And it's coming. It's coming with the vengeance. So lead God and direct us now as we just try to feebly preach the Word of God. And it's in your name I pray. And God's people say, Amen. 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 This text is a text of restoration. And God has taken them through mercy and restored them. God is saying here that the unfaithful bride of Israel is taken back and made perfect in the sight of His sight because of mercy. Look, when we, we all obtain mercy the day that we got saved, But the problem is there's some that's so puffed up and so proud of themselves that they don't even realize that they're not even saved by the grace of God and they think that they've got mercy and they ain't got a drop on them. That's the sad thing today. The definition of the word is long. But it's worth reading. The definition of the word uh, mercy. That benevolence, mildness, or tenderness of heart which disposes a person to overlook injuries or to treat an offender better than he deserves. The disposition that tempers justice and induces an injured person to forgive trespasses and injuries, and to forbear punishment, or to inflict less than the law or justice will warrant. All of this that come out of the Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Mercy. Mercy. I like how it starts out, that benevolence, 
mildness or tenderness of heart. There's some people's heart that is so hard and calloused that it's welded with a uh, and welded shut. And the only way that it can ever be broken and opened is by God Himself and they won't allow God to get close to them. They never get mercy. So I want to preach on this amazing mercy and help you realize that anybody at any time can obtain mercy. You don't have to be big, you don't have to be small, you don't have to be rich, you don't have to be poor. All you have to be is willing to accept it. Number one, His mercy saves people. In the book of Acts, chapter number 8, we see here that Philip ran to an Ethiopian eunuch man that was reading in the book of Isaiah, though in the book of Romans, or Acts there, is referred to as Isaiah. It's the same thing as Isaiah. The man was trying to understand, and we read that Philip went to him and asked, Understandest what thou readest? Philip then got up in that wagon, and then he proceeds to preach to this unit out of the book of Isaiah, where it says, all we like sheep have gone astray and led to the slaughter. But Jesus is the sacrifice for our sins. This eunuch at that point understood what was being said. You're saying to yourself, what is this Ethiopian eunuch? What is the great thing about it? Number one, the Ethiopian eunuch weren't even supposed to be anywhere around that part of the country. He weren't supposed to be there. It's kind of like the outcast coming into where he weren't supposed to be. Amen. I never understood them boundaries. I don't know that mess when I was when I was coming up. I decided I was going to go in somewhere. You know where I went? I went in. Now, I normally was tossed back out, and I landed abruptly, but I, I, was, but I went in. This Ethiopian eunuch had, 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 a, had, a, had a drawing from the Lord Jesus Christ and so during this preaching time that when that Philip was explaining the scriptures and everything, he got saved by the grace of God and then saw water and he had enough God on him. See, think about this. This Ethiopian eunuch got saved and then he knew that he needed to follow up with believers' baptism. So they went down and, they were, and he was baptized. Now think about this today. Man, how does mercy show up here? Well, first of all, mercy and grace showed up because he got saved by the grace of God. Number two, he got baptized. God put Philip 
where he needed to be to help this man so this man could get saved. It was by God's amazing mercy that everything lined up so that God could get the glory and God could get the honor that is deserved because of the fact, church, that everything had to be in order at that particular time. And it was God all the way that was shining through saying, Hey, look, there's a guy, Philip, you need to go. There's a guy over yonder and they're going to be in a wagon. You need to be over there. Unlikely place. Unlikely time. A very likely God. Always on time. Always ever present. Always willing to take the time. Amen? So, this is the great thing about this amazing mercy is God had everything in order, in line, so that way He could get the glory and the honor. What an amazing mercy. This is just like our God. Always, always, ever present, always on time. Sickness. Sickness comes. Everybody's dealing with it, myself included. He heals, His mercy heals the sick. What do you mean by that, preacher? Well, in Mark chapter number 5, very familiar passage of Scripture in Mark. This lady had the problem, issues of blood for 12 years. All of her money, Everything that she had, she had spent. All the doctors and everything had tried and they done and they treated and they done and they treated. But there was one thing. That one thing. She hadn't turned to God. She spent money. She made doctor's appointments. She went here. She went there. She went everywhere trying to get treated and everything like that. Nothing worked. The Bible tells us that Jesus was coming to town. And on this, when he was coming to town, the days that she has gotten worse in her bleeding, in verse number 27 of chapter 5, the Bible tells us she heard of Jesus. So she made a plan in her mind. She says, I tell you what, Jesus is coming to town. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to go. And she got her friends together. She said, look, we need to go. We need to get there. We need to get, to, we need to get there where I can see Jesus. Now, you think about this. Jesus was well known in the country. So getting close to him was probably not going to be something that was going to be easy. I'm glad. I'm glad that all I got to do is just reach up and just touch his hand. Amen. Amen. I'm glad he knows me enough. I'm glad he knows me well enough that when I need him, I can just call on him. Amen? This lady right here, in these verses of Scripture, she, like I said, she in verse 27, she made that plan. And she said, what I want to do is bless God. I'm just going to reach out there and I'm just going to touch the hem of his garment. 
I'm, I'm, when he comes by, and, and there won't nobody ever know, nobody won't know it's me, won't nobody know anything about it, because the Bible said there was much people there. So that tells me when there, the Bible says much, that means there was a good crowd of people there. Now Jesus is out there on the street and he's coming through and this lady's got a mind and she says, you know what I'm going to do? When he comes by, she touched the hem of his garment. Immediately, Jesus turns around and asks, who touched me? His disciple says, how in the world can we know who touched you? Look at all these people. Jesus now, when you study this, and, 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 and all, it says that he, he felt virtue go out of him. He knew, he knew ever who touched him, he knew good and well that ever who it was was needing healing. And he felt the healing power come out of himself. So he's saying, hey look, who? Who was it? Well, go back to them disciples. All of them were there. Well, look, Jesus, come on now. Street crowded, packed. Ain't no telling who it was. Now you think about this. And then he turns around, and there she was. Now I'm quite sure this woman was bleeding when she got there because... She had been bleeding 12 years previous. Y'all say amen. amen. She has spent all of her money, so she's flat broke. And now, and now Jesus is saying, who's touched me? Yeah. And now all of a sudden, now, he's turning around and it's her. And he looks at her. He don't carry on a whole big conversation. He don't get into the these dials and all this stuff. Right? He said, look at him. He said, go thy way. Thy faith had made thee whole. He just told, looks right at her and says, look here. Go. Go your own way. Your faith has made you whole. See, she believed that it was the hem of his garment. Jesus, he rebuked that right off the bat. Look here. She probably, if she would have went ahead and trusted like she needed to trust Christ to very begin with, she would have never had to go and see Jesus. Because the Bible records, go, he says, Go, thy faith have made thee whole. F-A-I-T-H have made her whole. That Look here, faith is believing in something that you ain't never seen. So glory to God. Let me just say this right here. I ain't never seen Jesus, but I got enough faith in Him that He can do anything that I want Him to do. Amen? The problem is, the problem is, church, you ain't got enough faith in God to believe that He can do what He can do. Because of the fact if you had the faith that you say that you think you've got, you wouldn't be slapping the handcuffs on Christ every time you get the opportunity to handcuff Him. You'd be doing the opposite. You'd be getting behind Him and say, Go on, Lord. Go get Him. Get Him, Lord. Go ahead. I'm behind you, Lord. 
You don't ever hear that. Uh Uh-uh. Now, the first thing we're ready to do, the first thing we're ready to do is just start going up there, ripping everything apart and saying, I got that one handcuffed where he can't do nothing this, this servant. He told this lady, and I like the wording, in verse number 34, when he addresses her, Thy faith have made thee whole, go in war. He says, go in war. He says, just go out there, lamb blast everybody you come in contact with. No, he says, go in peace. I kind of find that right there kind of funny. He says, he says, he's saying, go in peace. You know what he's saying? Brother Mike, right there, you know what he's saying when you do the translation? He's saying, just go ahead and go. And don't make a great big deal about it. Just go ahead and go. Well, hey, Brother Mike, I thought I seen you bleeding down there on the corner the other day at the Hardee's. You ain't bleeding no more. What in the world? Well, it's because, yeah, I got better. He's saying go in peace. He didn't say go out there and put it on a billboard and say God healed me. He didn't say that. He said go in peace. Sometimes, sometimes in life, there's a whole lot of that right there when there should be a whole lot of this going on. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something. When we obtain mercy, we obtain more than what we've ever thought and ever what we could, we could imagine. Because why? Look here. God didn't have to save us. Amen? He didn't have to save us. Look here. Let me just say this right here. He don't need you. He don't need me. We need Him. Amen? We need Him more. Look here. The songwriter wrote the song. I need thee every hour, most precious Lord. The reason it's wrote there, I need thee every hour, because bless God, we need God every hour. Yeah, we need Him. But the problem is though, you know what happens? This is what happens. I ain't going to be moved. God ain't going to do nothing for me. He ain't never done nothing for me. I ain't doing a thing for Him. Not until He prove Himself He's something for me. That's how that crowd is. Let me just say this right here. When they at the hospital and their loved one's crying and they're dying and they're standing there and can't do nothing. Oh God! Where are you? That's when they realize they need some mercy. And they had never obtained it from the very beginning. And that lady with that issues of blood was healed 
And she went on her way, and she went on about her life in normalcy. Mercy. Mercy was given to her that, that, that day. Where grace abounds, there's always mercy. And God has put it into action. How about this? How about mercy making a way when they don't look like they're hitting a way? <laughs> Matthew. In the book of Matthew chapter number 8. We don't read of a storm. The Bible in this verse of scriptures refers to it as a great tempest. Which means when there is a tempest, that means that this is borderline hurricane strength storms. Okay? The Sea of Galilee, if you will, will pick on the piano. This opening is the Sea of Galilee. This outside is the mountainous region around it. Notice that the mountains are high and the water is low. What happens over top of the hill, thunderstorms form. Down here it's cool. The two worlds collide. The cool water, the heat, and then the cool from the clouds. And it immediately, this area has the most violent thunderstorms in the world. And the reason for it is because of the fact that it is the perfect atmospheric place for the thunderstorms to be most violent because you've got cool humidity hot humidity and then clouds coming from the top of the mountains where it's cool rushing down and hitting making these thunderstorms violent average thunderstorm 20 minutes or less waves sometimes reaching 12, 14 feet takes a matter of about three and a half hours for this water to come back down after one thunderstorm. We're getting ready to go somewhere. So in, in this tempest, this violent storms were covering. Waves were dashing into the ship. Men frantic. Hey, where's Jesus? Well, I'll go ahead and tell you. Jesus was laying down hard and fast asleep in the inner part of the ship. Now you think about this. Now we know that it was a ship. We know it weren't a boat. The Bible records that it's a ship, so that's automatically over 150 feet long. 150 feet or less is a boat. We know that it was a, that this ship was in the, caught up in this storm. He was asleep in the inner part of the boat and the disciples ran downstairs. 
I like what they said. Screaming. I can see it now. Panic all over their face. Lord, save us! We perish! And that's how they go downstairs and that's how they run up to Jesus who was hard and fast asleep. Man. No hurry. Waves dashing on the boat. Not Jesus. Jesus looks at him. Oh, ye of little faith. Like, man, what's wrong with y'all? Let me let me make a let me step over here and give you a point that's not on my outline. Do you realize who's on that boat? Jesus is on that boat. In your right mind, do you think that that boat's going to sink with the God of heaven on it? That ain't even on my outline. It don't need to be. But see, the thing of it is this, is the reason it don't need to be, because that's the obvious. There ain't nothing in the world, there's no power, there's no source, there's no nothing that can sink that boat with the God of heaven stretched out on it, taking a little nap. Keep that in the forefront of your mind. Notice that quickly how the disciples lose their faith on board the ship. Jesus now awakes and replies. Look at this reply. Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Don't say that you ain't scared of God because you are. That's why you never accepted Him. Don't say that you aren't scared of God because you don't know what type of source that He is. Don't say, let me say He can't do this for me when He can. Jesus just looks at him and says, Oh, ye of little faith. My. Then, the best one of all is over in Mark, the same story in Mark. In verse number, in chapter 4, verse 39, he looks at the storm and says these three words. Remember, three and a half hours it takes to calm the seas down after the thunderstorm of 20 minutes. Pass. It passes by. Jesus says, comes out, peace be still. And the sand gnats went to biting. The water slicked. The breeze stopped. Because the God of heaven said, peace be still. Save the people on board that boat. I got this written down. The storm ceased. It was mercy that slept in the bottom of the ship. It was mercy that said, where is your faith? It was mercy that rebuked the tempest. It was mercy that calms life's troubled sea. 
Mercy. It is mercy and always will be mercy that helps the old sinner have peace in his soul. Mercy. How about this next one? Mercy. It is mercy that gives sweet peace during a troublesome time. One of my favorite passages about a troubled time, and our family is in that right now, back home, with my cousin, John chapter 11. We know the story of Lazarus. Jesus' one of his best friends got sick. We all know the story. During that, Jesus, uh, Lazarus, well, he was away doing some, working and testifying, saving souls over in Judea and everything. And his best friend got sick and died. Well, the sister sent word to Jesus about Lazarus being sick, but he was so busy and tarried over there in Judea two more days. Then when he headed out to Bethany to Jerusalem, which was about two miles distance or so, but Martha, Martha was the one that had the outburst saying, think about this now. This is a time and a place when a lady should have kept her mouth shut. And, but she look at how she and says and what she says to a just and holy God. Look at what she says. Martha was the one that had the outburst saying, if you would have been here, my brother never would have died. This is how she addressed the God of heaven who could have just went like this and she would have been turned into a vapor. God's mercy is what kept her Martha alive. Because church, there was a greater lesson being taught than Jesus just striking her down for being verbally abusive. To Jesus. We go on. Okay, after the outburst. Basically saying that Jesus was late. I don't care what Karen Peck in New River says. Jesus weren't never late. He was right on time. Okay, I know what the song is conveying. I'm just saying. But Jesus was right on time when he got there because of the fact that he's God. Then, all of a sudden, the next thing, mercy. You see God... The Godhead showing emotion in verse number 35. The Godhead, what does it show he did in verse number 35? He wept. But previous, but previous, wait a minute. He had been in the ground long enough that Lazarus was already stinking. The Bible says that he stinketh. So that's about 
four days that he was in there to get stinking at the average temperature of 90, 90 to 92 degrees in the tomb. Inside that tomb, there was the ambient temperature of that particular time at 90 degrees. So see, four days, he was stinking. Okay? Hold on one second. But with all his humanity weeping for his best friend, the mercy that flowed from Jesus' eyes went throughout all eternity that day. What a mighty God we serve. The mercy cries out with just a loud voice, three words. Three, the number of the divinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. He says these words with a loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. Immediately, immediately, Lazarus started moving. It's recorded. Jesus says, hey, loosing. He was bound with the, with the grave clothes. But here's something that's not written in the Bible, brother, saying, you got your, your Bible right there. Tell me if I'm wrong. It's not, it, after it says that he stinketh, and then Jesus says, Lazarus come forth, and he walks out, there's not a mention of a shire, a bath, or him stinking, nothing. Because the God of all heaven, the God of all earth, spoke three words and told him to come forth. And it had enough power, it had enough life, had enough cleansing in it, that it took care of it from the very time that he said it to the time that he walked out and took care of him all the way through. That's mercy. That's mercy. Mercy. God was the fullest of, of, of mercy. He has all power. He's full of that power. Lazarus walked out, and I got this written down. Lazarus walked, uh, got up, walked out, smelt fine, and the Bible even said that after he, was, he stinks, it never says anything else about it again. Mm. When God's mercy shows up, it will always get strong results. My soul, what a merciful Savior we serve. I got this written down. Do you remember the day that God showed mercy on you? Romans 5, 8 says this, but God commended His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How about that? Do you remember the day that God showed mercy on your wretched soul? I'll go ahead and say this today. Church, we're nothing but a bunch of sinners that's ba- that were bound for hell saved by grace. Might as well go ahead and say it. If we got what we deserved, we'd be, we'd be crawling in the gates of hell backwards with our backs broke, trying to fight the, uh, the fires with a broke water pistol. But the thing of it is this, it's by God's infinite mercy that He loved us yet while we were still sinners. He loved us. He loves us and He cares for us. It's because of mercy. How about this? His mercy 
still flows through the veins of time even till today. What do you mean by that? Luke 19.10 For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. See? Through the veins of time, He's still searching for that one that's lost. Let me ask you a question. Let's put this thing personal, okay? I'll come down here and get on y'all's level. If you died right now, where would you go? Look, you don't give me this mess that you're going to say, well, I, I, I got a layover. No, there is no layover. There's no going past go. There's no collecting $200. My friends, it's heaven or it's hell. There is no in-between. There's no snickering. There's no smart aleck looks on people's faces about it. It's one of two things. It's heaven or it's hell. Where are you going to go? Your mama can't decide it for you. Neither can your daddy. Your great, your, hey, look here. Grandma, bless her heart, can't decide it for you. Look here, you can decide what you want at McDonald's if you want a number two or a number one. Bless God, you got to decide if it's heaven or hell. Well, I can't make decisions. I, I can't handle the pressure. Bless God, you can too. You know to get up and put clothes on or you're going to get a ticket when you go out in public. So don't hand me that you can't make a sound decision. Facebook, that's a bunch of junk from the pits of hell and quit sending me junk like that. Go ahead and address that too real quick. Kill two birds with one stone. It's heaven or hell. The choices are real. You don't understand, preacher. No, you don't understand. There's children that are dying and going to hell and we ain't reaching them. That's what's eating this preacher. We got to figure out how to reach them. How about this next one? 1 John 4.10 Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Brother Jeff, that great big word, propitiation, the definition is real simple. You ready? Appeasement. God in His infinite mercy appeased my sins in August of 1999 so I could get saved. He appeased it. How did He do it? By taking my place. Because He loves me. He cares for me. His mercy. His mercy endureth for all generations, the Bible says. When are you going to allow, allow God to apply His mercy to you? When are you going to say, hey, look, 
enough, 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 enough. The bars are not going to give it to you. The needles, the pill bottles, and all this other junk that's out there in the world are not going to fulfill the mercy that you need. The pornography on the computer that you sit and watch that you think that nobody else sees. Let me just say this. Let me say this. It's seen. You're not going to get the mercy from it. The only thing you're going to get from it is judgment. So the question is, when are you going to allow God to give you mercy? When are you going to allow God to give you mercy? When? When? Every head bow. Every eye closed. Nobody looking around, please. I'm going to ask a question. If you died right now, sitting right here, in the sanctuary of Community Baptist Church, 611 Iris Lane. I'm asking you this. If you died right now, sitting here, where would you go? Would you have mercy on you so you could go to heaven? Or would you have none and bust the gates of hell wide open? I'm saying this. You say, hey preacher, pray for me. I'm lost. I'm lost. Pray for me. All I'm asking you to do is this. Hand up, hand down. Just that quick. Anybody at all. Preacher, I'm lost. I'm lost. I need to be saved. I need mercy. That can only come from God. Pray for me. Anybody at all. Anybody at all. Don't sit here and quench the Spirit. When God is pulling and tugging saying, Hey, I've got the mercy. I'm willing to give the mercy. Maybe you're here and you say, hey preacher, I heard every word you said. I won't give in. I won't bend. And I sure enough ain't going to bow to the just and holy God. But I want you to pray for me. Anybody at all. 
Maybe you're here and you say, hey, look, I'm saved. I'm just, hey, look, I just ain't living for God. Well, I want to tell you this. With the society and the way things are in our society today, the best thing that you can do is turn your life over to Christ. Because I promise you this, it ain't going to get no better from here. Preacher, I'm lost. I need to be saved. Why don't you just go ahead and clear the air? It's time. It's time. Mercy. Mercy.
And uh, like I said, because of the fact I just have that feeling that somebody has not done what they needed to do with the Lord. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, when I close in prayer here in just a second, I'm going to pray for conviction unlike anything that you've ever heard me pray. And the reason I'm going to pray it that way is because of the fact when you go to drink and the person that it may be, when they go to drink a bottle of water, they'll get sick on the stomach. And the reason for it is because the conviction, I, look, the time is serious that we get things serious with God because our time is drawing nigh. We're getting ready to go home to be with the Lord. It's time for people to get serious about, with the things of God. All hearts and minds clear. Signify by standing, please. Amen. I don't know what, I think I've heard somebody say chicken earlier for lunch and potato salad. So uh, is what I've heard. So praise the Lord for that. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for everything you do. We thank you for mercy that comes uh, flowing uh, from the throne of grace, Lord. We thank you for that. Father, now as we uh, get ready to go eat lunch, Lord, I pray, Father God, that you would just lead God and direct there. But Lord, um, I pray you're blessed the food and the hands that prepared it. Also, Lord, I do pray, Lord, for a Holy Ghost conviction. Lord, on ever who it may be that did not do business with you, that today, this very day, that Lord Jesus, for them to get mercy, they must first fall under that conviction. And then, Lord, I pray that, Lord, that they would be so convicted that if they go to drink water or a soft drink or something like that, Lord, that they would get sick on the stomach from it, uh, Lord, until they get the things, the things right with you, Lord. Father God, I know that sounds harsh and mean, but it's not, Lord. It's situation critical. Lord, uh, we're in, uh, the, the end is near. The end is near. And Lord, we, I just don't want to see anybody go to hell. It's not worth it. Lord, we love you so much, and it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good, He's so good to me.